Hey, this is John Boswell, your friendly neighborhood therapist, here to talk to you a little day about narcissistic personality disorder myths. And this is Dr. Lynn Varela. I'm here to talk about BPD myths. All right. All right, so let's just jump in. Let's start with the first myth that you cannot treat or recover from BPD. In my experience, in over 10 years of treating people with BPD, very much you can recover from BPD. Is it an easy, fast process? No, it, it can take years. How long it takes depends on various things because treating BPD is like opening an onion. It has a lot of layers because BPD a lot of times comes with other diagnoses. And so the prognosis of how well you're going to do is one, where are you in the spectrum of BPD? So BPD is a spectrum. It's not that everybody presents the same and everybody has the same symptoms and the same degree of severity. Also, you can have BPD with other personality disorders. You can have BPD with bipolar. You can have BPD with schizophrenia. You can have BPD with a bunch of other things. And so it depends on the severity, where you are in the spectrum. If you have other diagnoses, are you compliant with treatment? And are you compliant with any meds that you might need? But ultimately using dialectical behavioral therapy, which are the coping skills specifically made for BPD. Yeah, you very much can recover. I've, I've seen hundreds of people recover and over the 10 years I've been doing this. Excellent. Well, I wish I can give you as good a news for NPD, <laughs> but unfortunately I can't. So first off, I want to let you know that you can't fix them personally. A lot of times we helpers, we caregivers, we're kind of get caught up inside relationships with narcissists or people with NPD. And we feel like if we love them enough or we perform well enough, they will truly change. And the fact of the matter is it's not. And it doesn't matter if this is a family relationship or romantic or professional, it really doesn't matter what will happen is the narcissist will throw you they'll throw you a bone of appreciation here or there and you'll kind of think okay well wow you know they do care but you're going to find that over time that tends to be less and less frequent unfortunately and eventually you start to kind of hold out for those good moments to come back once again but they typically just don't um so we start to kind of tell ourselves well you know he used to be this way or she used to be this way or they weren't always mean like this but that's really just us doing what we call trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. And as far as treatment goes, as us therapists, it tends to be very hard as well. You want to keep in mind that narcissistic personality disorder, it kind of works on a spectrum, much like mm-hmm. BPD. So you can have what we call narcissistic tendencies, mm-hmm. and those are a little bit more treatable, but a true blue narcissist, as I call it, someone who meets the true criteria for narcissistic mm-hmm. personality disorder, we don't really have any known evidence-based interventions to fix them so to speak and a lot of that comes to the fact that narcissists tend to lack insight Mm. so if i don't have any insight and i always say this about clients who come to therapy true change takes hard work and a lot of introspection if i'm not the issue in my mind why would i need to fix anything why do i need to work on anything at all Mm -hmm. so a lot of times what i'll see with narcissists is that they will come into treatment and they may come in for one or two sessions and it's you know i'm here because i'm trying to get my wife back Mm -hmm. she walked out on me or because my job made me do it but as far as lasting change goes it really doesn't stick unfortunately and i want to kind of piggyback on a couple things you said like the not trying to fix or rescue is such a big thing because we can't fix or rescue anybody. Nobody changes or does the work because you want them to. They do it because they want to. They're the only ones who can really work on themselves. 
And some of us, especially if we were children of narcissists and now we're dating a narcissist, we may have had a family role of wanting to be the fixer or the rescuer. So that can definitely lead to the trauma bonding because it's the wanting to rescue and the fix when they try to do the whole, oh, I love you right now. You go, okay, I just need to keep doing this and we'll, and he'll be fixed. He'll be okay. So basically what I'm saying is don't take on projects, bro. People should not be your project. Absolutely. The old adage that we tend to date our parents or marry our parents. Ah, <laughs> dear old Freud. <laughs> it tends to be true. So like Lynn was saying, or Dr. Varela, excuse me, was saying yeah. that if we are in childhood and we had a narcissistic parent, it's very normal for us to go ahead and try to go ahead and fix the narcissistic partner in life. Take a look at yourself. Check your patterns. Are you repeating the same pattern again? It's not going to be any different than growing up, unfortunately. Yeah. And the other insight I want to give, especially if you were raised by a narcissist, we, we tend to under, not understand why they lack insight. But the reason that I've concluded, as in my experience, and maybe not everybody, this experience will be theirs, but they don't look inwards because their core is shame and they'll do anything to avoid looking at the shame. They just pour it onto everybody that goes near them. And so that's why they'll never look in. They, let me specify, these are true narcissists. People with features and low in the spectrum might be able to do this, but a true blue, deep in the spectrum narcissist will never apologize, will never look in. They will never take accountability because that all requires insight that requires them looking at the inner shame that they never will. Absolutely. Hey, I was the bad guy here. I was wrong. What does that say about me? That I'm mm. in, indeed flawed, right? Mm -hmm. And narcissists mm. are all about image and mm, looking much. good and being per perfect. So you won't see that. Like you no. said, the accountability with them, unfortunately. And if you do, it's usually to kind of get something out of oh, it. Oh, yes. They'll so, be like, oh, yes, it was my fault. But, you know, I'm the bad guy here. Right. It's just them playing victim. Exactly. That's not really an apology. An apology without changed behaviors is manipulation. I tell that to my clients all the time. Absolutely. An apology without changed behaviors, they're just playing a game. So watch the behaviors, not the words. Yes, I love that. Yes. Shall we go to the next myth? Sure. All right, so people with BPD cannot lead their own independent, fulfilling life. Yes, they can. They can definitely hold a job. They can have relationships. They can have friendships. They can do life. Of course, that requires that you do a lot of work on yourself. It also depends on where you are on the spectrum. Again, if you're deep in it and you really have severe trauma and you have those those PTSD symptoms, yes, it can impact your ability to hold a job, to hold relationships, but it does not impede them. It just means that you need to unlearn the the skills you use to survive whatever you had to survive and replace them with healthy ones so that you can go out and, and socialize with others without anxiety, that you can be in a relationship without having to worry about, oh, is he leaving me? Is he cheating on me with that girl in the gym? Or that you go to the job and you don't feel paranoid that they're all against you and they're talking about you and they're gonna fire you tomorrow. You know, again, it requires hard work, insight, and willingness to change, but none of that is impossible. Absolutely. Now, on the contrast of narcissists, I hear a lot of people say that narcissists are devil or mm. they're evil or they're these horrible, horrible people. And it's true that they can do horrible things, mm -hmm. but I want to be very clear that they are not necessarily 
evil people. Mm-hmm. What it is is this behavior is a maladaptive or unhealthy response to trauma. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they overcompensate to hide the shame that they feel inside about themselves. They really don't like themselves very much, despite mm-hmm. the fact that they try to appear otherwise. Think about it. If I am really attractive or really smart or really humble, because I've heard that one too, mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to tell you that. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to show, right? Yes. It's, I don't need to go ahead and point that out to you. So a lot of times people think that narcissists can't be kind, and it's actually quite the contrast. So to the people on the outside, to the friends, to their coworkers, to people who don't know them very well, they tend to appear to be very charismatic people, very generous, mm-hmm. very loving. It's the people that are on the inside, the people who are closest to them, that kind of get to see the real them, they get to see the mask get taken off. And what they'll do is they tend to be mean, tend to hurt the ones who they're closest to. And this is your romantic partners, this is your children, this is business partners, assistants. These are kind of ways that they tend to behave around them. And in the outside world, Mm -hmm. everyone thinks they're the greatest person in the world. They only believe that they behave that way. I also want to point out that people are not their diagnosis. Oh, yes, definitely not. Definitely not. So if I have anxiety or depression, it doesn't mean that I'm nervous or sad all the time, right? Same thing happens with narcissists. Narcissistic personality disorder, it's like any personality. It's complicated. There mm-hmm. are extremes and there are different ways that we behave. And sometimes we act even in contrast to the way that we actually are, or what we believe in. Two extreme examples would be the serial killers, John Wayne Gacy and mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Now, both of them were described as narcissistic psychopaths. I and mean, they did some very horrible, horrible crimes, obviously, and well, killed yeah. people and things like that. But we know one thing about John Wayne Gacy is that he was very active in the community and he was very <laughs> dressed up yeah. as a clown for kids. Yeah. One thing went about Ted Bundy before he went on his killing spree is that he saved a kid from drowning which is yeah, <laughs> it's kind of I mean, ironic maybe right that's why we're afraid of clowns <laughs> maybe that is why we're afraid of clowns exactly <laughs> all right if you want to go to the next myth well actually before oh, we do that i want to piggyback a little bit about that whole that they're the devil and everything mm-hmm. there's a saying that says hurt people hurt people absolutely and so they're hurt people that are hurting people that doesn't justify their behaviors but it helps us to understand where they're coming from they're acting out of well, their self-hate, their self-doubt, their trauma, whatever it is that's going on with them, they're acting out. And, and that's true for anybody, not just for narcissists. Mm-hmm. And so it's knowing that about them, that what they're doing is not really about you. Yes. It's about their inner stuff. And once you understand that and you don't personalize it, it's, it makes it a little easier to set boundaries, maybe walk away, do what you need to do without feeling like, oh, this was all me. Which exactly. a lot of people do feel. Exactly. It is them. Now, for my caregivers and my empaths and all these helping Mm -hmm. people, I don't want you to take that and run with it and say, well, I feel bad for them, so I'm going to stick it out with them. Oh, hell This is not an excuse for them to treat you bad. This Mm -hmm. is for you to recognize, once again, like Dr. Varela said, that this has nothing to do with you. This is about them and their Mm -hmm. spiritual journey where they're at. But you don't deserve their abuse. Yeah, and so it's knowing when to walk away. Uh, I mean, I always tell people, look, you don't have to walk away as the first action but definitely set boundaries and if they don't respecting your boundaries then you have to walk away because they're telling you they don't respect you absolutely absolutely all right so the next myth is that people with bpd don't complete suicide it's all for show and tell this is not true 10 percent of all borderlines will eventually complete suicide it's the highest rate of suicide of any other mental health issue 
And the reason for the suicide and suicide ideations, in my experience with clients throughout the years, is it's really about the pain. The pain of living is so intense, they've gotten to the point they cannot see any other way to get out of it. Now, with that being said, that also means that 90% of people do not commit suicide. They will have suicidal thoughts, passive or active, and what I mean by that is passive is oh, well, if I walk out on the street and a car happens to hit me, I won't really do anything to get out of the way and make it stop. Active is that I'm actively going to go and do something to commit suicide, like I'm going to take pills or use a gun or whatever method that is used. And so a lot of people will have those thoughts, but they won't act on them. Some people will cut, some people will burn, some people will have eating disorders because self-harm comes in a lot of people in a lot of ways. People think, oh, it's just cutting. No, it could be substance abuse. It could be reckless driving. It could be sleeping around without protection randomly and risk in, in a risky environment um, because, you know, if you don't use protection, you're running the risk of getting a disease and, and there's things like HIV out there that can kill you. Nowadays, thankfully, it is manageable, but it's still something that can take you down. Just like diabetes could take you down eventually. It's manageable, but mm -hmm. it can kill you. Absolutely. Uh, so self-harm comes in a lot of ways. And I found that people with BPD, the self-harm, the suicidal ideations or actions depends on the level of inner shame. Because the shame, the deeper the shame, the greater the shame, the greater the self-hate. Ah. Because self, because shame tells you you're not good enough. You're not right. pretty enough. You're not thin enough. You're not, you know, you're not worthy of being lovable, you know, of being cared for. And if you live with that long enough, you're going to hate yourself. Because that's not self-loving or self-affirming statements. Yeah. And if you hate yourself, why would you want to take care of yourself? Why would you not cause yourself pain? You, you don't think you're shit. So why yeah. would you treat yourself like it? And so, yes, many people do and it's not attention seeking. Now, um, I tell people sometimes, yes, people will say they're going to commit suicide. And yes, they do want you to come to them, pay attention to them, love them because they don't know how else to to get that attention that they need because again people with personality disorders usually don't know how to ask for their needs directly right and so this is their way of it but it's not it's not that they're trying to maliciously manipulate you and again this is a minority the vast majority of people you need to know that they will probably go and do it especially if they don't get the attention or they love because that to them proves well nobody will care if i'm dead and so I tell people always take any suicidal threat as serious. Don't ever go, well, whatever, they're attention seeking and walk away because you'll never know until you know that they were going to do it. This is true. Now, sometimes narcissists will use the suicide threat mm -hmm. to kind of manipulate as well. Mm -hmm. This is not to discredit either, but just bear in mind that it's usually pretty rare the narcissist will commit suicide. Most of their harmful behavior is going to be outwardly directed, mm. whether that being being manipulative or being abusive, physically, psychologically, so on, to those around them. Um, but usually we don't see the inner directed. It usually goes towards the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they always are spraying that outside shame. Yum yums. 
(laughs) (laughs) So the next myth is that having BPD or even MPD Mm -hmm. is a choice. Mm. And no, nobody chooses this. Nobody, if, if a logical person would say, hey... This, this personality disorder is going to cause me to lose jobs, friendships, relationship. It's going to keep me in chaos because their normal is chaos. So they're not even aware of all the chaos they're creating for themselves and everybody around them. But nobody, no sane human being would sit there and go, mm, I really want this life of misery and shit where people will leave me and I'll feel like crap all the time. No, BPD, MPD, any personality disorder, really, we could say, I mean, of course, let me not blanket statement, because I'm sure there's exceptions, and I'm sure that there's our personality disorders, that maybe there's a, more of a genetic piece than a environmental, but in my experience, the vast majority of the ones I've treated, it's really trauma. This was a trauma response. I mean, you don't go and tell somebody with PTSD that they chose to have PTSD. It's a reaction to a situation and especially if it's been going on different traumas have happened since your early childhood you really had to develop coping mechanisms defense mechanisms and all these things to be able to survive the problem is that after you're out of those situations your brain doesn't just go oh we don't need to survive anymore so we don't need to be in survival mode so we're good to go we can go back to quote unquote whatever normal is and no they they're stuck in survival mode and they don't know how to get out of it. Some of them don't even know that they're stuck in survival mode. I had a client that came to me and was like, oh, I'm always shaking and, and I, can't, I can't stop moving and my thoughts are racing and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling hot and I don't know what's going on with me. I just don't understand why I can't move around and I'm like, I can't stay still. And I'm like, dude, you're hypervigilant. You know, the lights bother me. The sounds bother me. I'm super sensitive to my environment. I don't understand why. You're hypervigilant. And the adrenaline is what's keeping you going all over the place. That's why you can't stay still. And you and I speaking about this right now seems really obvious. But when you're in it, it's not. So these people don't obviously know they have personality disorders. Right. So it's not a choice. So... I'm going to debate you here. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So I agree that it's not a choice, but it's heavily debated amongst us professionals whether narcissists have the awareness to know that mm. their behavior is wrong or not. Here's why I say that That's they, a tricky one. they know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. They, they know do. how to turn it on and off. They don't go to their boss <laughs> and, that, and, and insult them you. and that'll throw chairs you. and do bad things. But their wife or their children or their mom or the other people around them who are close to them, yeah. They know how to wear that mask inside rest of society and kind of appear, be charismatic and friendly. I agree with you with the narcissist. And even to some degree with borderlines, but borderlines are more commonly, that's also why there's a lot of stigma around them, Mm -hmm. because they don't have the filter that the people with narcissism have. Ah. They they will blow up at the boss. They will lose a job. They will blow up with anything and everybody if they're triggered. True. If they're triggered. They can maintain and kind of hide the inner turmoil, but because the borderline has the same core as a narcissist, it's shame. Mm-hmm. But instead of pouring it outwards, they pour it inwards. And so they, they're they constantly beating themselves up. Absolutely. So for them, it's trickier to turn it on and off. Because if the shame has been engaged or the abandonment has been engaged, 
they will blow up on anybody. They really That's don't true. stop. They, the narcissist, I agree up to a point because it depends if they're deep in the spectrum. If you've hit something like that causes rage, mm-hmm. they could rage at anybody. I mean, they're they're less likely to. True. They're less likely to, but if they're really low functioning, which really means they're just high, high in the spectrum, which means their symptoms are pretty severe. They might have their moments where they lose control. True. Okay. But they, I, I can, I can agree with you that narcissism, they can control it more, and it may be more of a choice their behaviors, mm-hmm. but maybe not so much the diagnosis. I agree with yeah, the behaviors, not the diagnosis. So, yeah. I mean, again, everybody with time, Mm -hmm. once they've learned what they're doing and how they hurt others and they have coping skills that they can use to not engage in that behavior, but they continue at that point, I would say, yes, that's a choice. Agreed. Okay. (laughs) So I think we should end it here and we could continue another session because we're already in the 21 minutes side all right of this so maybe we need a, a part two two yes. all right cool let's do it all right guys i hope you've enjoyed this and we are discussing this because there's so many myths around mental health yes. there's so much stigma and ignorance even within the field itself unfortunately mm-hmm. that this could go on forever so uh, i hope you guys check back in to part two and let us know your thoughts absolutely thanks for tuning in and make sure that you like and subscribe and if you email us your questions or put them inside the comments we'll try to go ahead and address those as well inside our myths and facts next time we do this all right amazing take care take care